This season of Sincerely Human is sponsored by the Riley Sway Foundation. Through community-focused programs, Riley Sway inspires teens to lead with empathy and kindness. From connecting student leaders to awarding grants for projects that amplify kindness in local communities, Riley Sway Foundation equips the next generation of leaders with the tools they need to make a positive impact in the world. Please stay tuned for Kindness Calling, our post-script segment featuring the remarkable teens from Riley Sway Foundation. I would say that storytelling is the best way that I figured out how I can be an activist. The way that we shape narratives about the world around us can either influence and empower us to take action or dissuade us altogether from confronting the challenges that are at hand. You're listening to the season premiere of Sincerely Human, a podcast that tells stories of kindness in action from the lens of today's most inspiring humans. I'm Camila Orente, CEO of Human Group Media and your host. Welcome to the show. Throughout this season, we're featuring young climate voices who are leading the most inspiring movements and creating innovative solutions to address humanity's greatest threat. In each episode, you'll hear from activists, advocates, and innovators on why they think climate action is an act of kindness. Today's guest is Kasha Sequoia Slavner. Kasha is a Gen Z, multi-award-winning documentary filmmaker, photographer, entrepreneur, and social justice advocate. She was born and raised in Toronto, Canada. Which is like a very dense urban population. And, you know, we're lucky to have a few sacred spots of green space, I would say. I grew up in kind of a more nature-based area of the city. Like, I had access to Lake Ontario pretty easily. Lots of parks and valleys and ravines to walk through and kind of be curious about and play within. And that was really special for me as a young kid. I always really gravitated towards natural spaces. I grew up with a single mother who, for, I mean, lack of just having childcare, brought me to all of her activist gatherings. She was a very passionate feminist. And I would say that she raised me with those values of having respect for nature and for justice and equality in the world. And so being around her circles of kind of wise older women talking about social justice issues, environmental justice issues, I really absorbed a lot of information that I guess it just kind of planted that seed for me later on in my life when I started to notice what was happening in the world around me and have more critical conversations about climate change. Kasha also learned about climate change in school. When she was nine years old, Kasha watched the documentary An Inconvenient Truth while in class. The assumption is something like this. The earth is so big, we can't possibly have any lasting harmful impact on the earth's environment. And maybe that was true at one time, but it's not anymore. And one of the reasons it's The not 2006 film is about is former U.S. Vice President Al Gore's campaign to educate people about global warming. And I remember a feeling of urgency watching that film. Being a young child, I didn't understand all the facts, but I understood that 
our planet was at stake. And I understood that there was a limited time frame for action. And it made me feel quite scared, to be honest. This feeling carried on to Kasha's teenage years. I noticed this as a 14, 15 year old watching the news that I would be bombarded with headlines and the world seemed like such a terrifying place and I, I didn't know how, how it could possibly get any better. Around this time, Kasha attended a youth leadership camp run by an organization called the Canadian Voice of Women for Peace. They sent Kasha to a United Nations conference on gender equality in New York City. There, Kasha met hundreds of people who were working for social change in their own communities. When I started to meet other activists from the global community and hear their stories of, you know, creativity and resilience and agency and solution-oriented thinking despite limited resources, that's what got me interested in storytelling. And I thought about the ways that we could actually empower people to take action because there are so many people out there who are really, despite all obstacles, trying to create a better world for present and future generations. Despite not having any experience in filmmaking, Kasha set out to make her first documentary. She convinced her mom to allow her to raise funds for the film and take a year off school. In 2013, she traveled with her mom to seven countries to make the film. And share the stories of people, I guess, who are all united by the common theme of hope and resilience, despite their stories spanning across various cultural backgrounds and, you know, different issues that they were trying to tackle. They were all kind of woven together by that shared effort of making the world a better place. Storytelling is the best way that I figured out how I can be an activist. The way that we shape narratives about the world around us can either influence and empower us to take action or dissuade us altogether from confronting the challenges that are at hand. What if I could go visit people making change in their own communities? Show the world that change is possible no matter where you come from. Kasha's film, The Sunrise Storyteller, was a wild success. The film has screened at over 60 festivals globally and won 28 awards. Kasha is now working on her second film, 1.5 Degrees of Peace. The film is looking at the links between peace and climate justice and how we can build bridges between these two movements. We're also ignoring some of the very key solutions and the key contributors who are adding to the climate crisis, which is the military industry and just the mass amount of emissions and environmental destructions that comes out of those industries. And those are not being held accountable in climate decision-making spaces. And so if we're going to achieve justice, we do need to include every part of the problem in our decision-making processes. For Kasha, being inclusive in the fight for climate justice also means to listen to marginalized voices. Coming from a Western nation, um, we're the biggest contributors to this problem. And so I really, really want to make it clear to leaders in you know, the US and Canada that we have to choose people and planet over profit. And we have to center indigenous voices in climate leadership and decision-making processes. We have to center youth voices, voices of people of color, instead of you know tokenizing these voices and 
letting their messages get lost in the conversation. And the climate crisis is not just about technological advancements. It's not just about green energy. It's about restoring the health of our planet. And that is justice for all. It's a really multifaceted issue that we're faced with. Kasha wants to extend that message to Justin Trudeau, Canada's prime minister. Who has been praised on the world stage for being a climate feminist leader, but at this point has not taken enough action to follow through on that promise, especially to youth. And that's why a lot of young people voted for him to be our leader was the promises of climate leadership and Indigenous reconciliation. But neither of those things are being achieved because currently over 60 Indigenous communities don't have access to clean water. Pipelines are being pushed through Indigenous territories without their consent. And Indigenous peoples are being criminalized for protesting on their own treaty lands. And this is not justice. This is not climate justice. This is not social justice. And so I would say that Prime Minister Trudeau has a lot of work to do when it comes to seeking out solutions for the climate crisis and centering Indigenous voices in that conversation. So that's one person I wish would take the call more seriously and stay true to his word. But Kasha believes that everyone has a role to play in solving the climate crisis. I really want to encourage people to learn about the connections between the climate crisis, um, militarism, conflict, and peace, because they are all very intrinsically connected. And I've grown up in the peace movement, and I've learned just how connected this issue is to climate justice. But it seems like on the climate side, the conversation isn't happening as much as it should. We should really be building bridges and coalitions between movements. So whether you're involved in the climate crisis, whether you're involved in racial justice, whether you're involved in feminism issues or peace, we should all be having conversations together and building coalitions to work towards our common goals. So breaking down the silos and educating youth specifically about these connections is really important for both peace building and climate justice because I think public awareness tends to be lacking on that very critical intersection. Ultimately, building these bridges will lead us to a kinder future. To me, activism is kindness in action. It's it's about showing up in solidarity with those who are most affected by the crisis already. And it's because we love our planet, because we love the species that coexist on it, because we love each other and know that we all deserve a healthy, thriving environment to live within. And so we should be nurturing the planet, nurturing ourselves, nurturing our communities. And I think that that's what the climate justice movement is all about. If you want to connect with Kasha or donate to make her next documentary, you can visit theglobalsunriseproject.org. In this edition of Kindness Calling, we're sharing the work of Michelle Chow. Michelle is a junior at Leland High School in San Jose, California. She's here to talk about a project she leads called Stories to Heal. 
Our mission at Stories to Heal is to kind of spread empathy through storytelling. So in partnership with the Rally's Way Foundation, as well as Ritopia Lab, um, which is a nonprofit that fosters joy, literacy, and critical thinking through creative writing, Stories to Heal will create, publish, and distribute a picture book written by kids for kids celebrating Asian cultures. So throughout the months, uh, last spring and in the summer, we gathered a wonderful cohort of Asian American and Pacific Islander students throughout the country. Some were even overseas, you know, on the East Coast, West Coast, uh, Midwest. And we really got together. We made lesson plans and started creating this book. Here, Michelle talks about what inspired her to start Stories to Heal. Something that I've kind of grown to notice as I got older is that none of the characters in these books really reflected my experience as an Asian American. I was not alone in this process. So my favorite book, actually, that uh, my class was required to read, I think in like first or second grade, called An Asian Person a Slur. And I didn't even realize that. So that was my favorite book for a while. And I think this coupled with really the hate crimes against Asian Americans throughout the pandemic and kind of the misinformation and the scapegoating of really such a diverse population, you know, in the Asian diaspora who are just as much the victims of the situation and not really the perpetrators in any way. Asian cultures are often homogenized and really lumped together. So I wanted to give kids really a platform to share their own experiences and expand on kind of the narrative of what it means to be Asian American and show diversity, humanize their experiences and, you know, start these conversations from an early age. With such a bold and important mission, Michelle knew the power of seeking help. In March 2021, Michelle received a grant through the Call for Kindness competition, a Riley Sui Foundation initiative. Michelle says that this was a game changer and helped set her project in motion. Beyond the workshop series and publishing a book, Michelle says that Stories to Heal wants to look at the issues of race and prejudice and how we can work towards a better future. Our project, it's really about examining, you know, the root of the problem, kind of the internalized bias a lot of people might have towards Asian Americans, you know, feelings of hate and blaming Asian Americans for the pandemic and kind of see this, unfortunately, throughout American history, really scapegoating and targeting of different ethnic groups after tragic events. So. Stories to Heal aims to humanize, you know, everyone in America and building connections. When asked to define social justice, Michelle wanted to borrow words from a poem composed by kids in their workshop. The America I see is an intersection of hatred and tolerance. Maybe the Statue of Liberty's torch does not shine on us all. Maybe some are excluded from our history. Maybe some aren't in the promised land. The America that I want to see is a place without hate or prejudice and with true equality for all. The America that I want to see is a place where every culture can be celebrated and appreciated, a just and fair world. The America that I want to see is a place that is kind. If you want to connect with Michelle and learn more about Stories to Heal, you can follow the links in our show notes. That's it for Kindness Calling. Thanks again to our podcast sponsor, Riley Sway Foundation. 
Please don't forget to subscribe to Sincerely Human. We'd also love for you to rate and leave us a review. Thanks for all your support and we'll catch you all again in the next episode. On January 20th, Riley Sway Foundation opened its annual national initiative, The Call for Kindness. Teens from all around the country can submit their projects and ideas that are designed to drive change and inspire kindness in their communities. Winners will be given $3,000 each to help implement their projects with their school or nonprofit partners and will participate in a year-long leadership fellowship. To learn more about The Call for Kindness and other life-changing programs at Riley Sway Foundation, please head on over to rileysway.org. Links are in our show notes.